On this episode of Take Talks Business, I speak with Tom Chamberlain, founder and CEO of Ed Logics. Tom, thank you so much for joining me and, and Take Talks for what is now the, the 49th episode. So I, I appreciate you uh, helping me uh, get ready to wrap up the, the year for uh, Take Talks Business. Great. Appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you and tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Absolutely. So for those who aren't uh, familiar with you personally or professionally and, and EdLogics, can you give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and, and kind of how that journey has led you to where you are now with, with the EdLogics team? Sure. Um, and my background is very pertinent to where we are right now. Uh, I have a pharmacy degree. I grew up in Maine, went to the University of Rhode Island, got my pharmacy degree, and did a residency in Philadelphia. Okay. And then I got my doctorate in family practice at the Medical University of South Carolina, oh, wow. where I was taking care of a lot of underserved communities, yeah. which is where I'm spending a lot of time right now. But uh, gotcha. I avoided the real world for one more year and did a, <laughs> did a residency at uh, uh, Medical College of Virginia in ambulatory care. Oh, so I was okay. taking care of inner city individuals, a lot of African-American yeah. underserved uh, communities, and, and was uh, dealing with um, people that struggled with low health literacy. They didn't quite understand their treatment regimens. They didn't understand how to take their medications. So I've always had a passion for uh, improving health literacy, and gotcha. it's always been a challenge. Education has been one of the biggest challenges. And uh, EdLogix, um, where I am now, I started EdLogix after number of companies that were focused on health information and okay. and really engaging consumers and healthcare professionals but EdLogix uh, really is um, a company that takes my bat my past experience and leverages technology okay. and new ways to educate and engage consumers to help improve health literacy yeah yeah um and and so for those who haven't used the platform before can you explain kind of what EdgeLogix is and, and, and how someone would find it. Is it something that they can just go online and do themselves or is it something that's set up through a, a platform um, that they have to access through, say, a business? How does that work? Well, it's all of the above, actually. Okay. The way we started uh, EdLogix was uh, bringing our service to self-insured employers, larger employers okay. that are responsible for the healthcare cost. Yeah. So they, they want smarter employees and family members making better decisions because when gotcha. bad decisions take place, it costs them a lot more and yeah. not only in their medical expenses, but absenteeism and presenteeism and indirect medical cost. Gotcha. So we started it selling it to employers. Uh, we migrated into universities because universities want smarter uh, healthier people in gotcha. their, on their campuses. So physical health, mental health, psychological health. So we started selling our platform to universities. Okay. And then now our, our real exciting area is bring, making it available to consumers gotcha. and citizens in Hampton Roads. As you, uh, you have heard, we started Healthier 757. Yeah. And uh, the consumer facing website is called Rewards for Healthy Living. Okay. And uh, if you go to rewardsforhealthyliving.com, you can put your email in and a password and sign up and register for our platform, which is a fun, game-based, engaging platform that I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about. Well, and I was going to ask you, so for obviously being on a podcast and we have to do this all uh, virtually, 
um, it's hard because we can't show it to people on a podcast. But so can you walk through kind of if someone were to go online and experience the platform, how does that kind of work through? What how does that process sound since we can't show it to them? Well, the key word you mentioned is sound. It has to be has to be interactive, engaging. It you can't really engage and educate and improve health literacy unless unless there's um, game-based learning and fun, engaging rewards and yes. incentives for people to get off the couch and open up the app and start engaging with it. Yeah. So it, it has to be cool, fun, user-friendly, a great user experience. Sound is important. People, yeah. people listen and they like the sound of, of games and winning and points and leaderboards. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about is it, it really has to stimulate dopamine, the feel-good chemical in our brain. That, that allows people to say, hey, I want to kind of experience something cool. Yeah. I want to reward, reward myself. Yeah. So it's a platform that's, um, that addresses all the common health conditions, how to navigate the healthcare system, very important clinical information about making better healthcare decisions, not only for yourself, but as a caregiver for your, for your mom or dad yeah. or for your daughter that might have diabetes. Okay. So it's focused on health literacy, which by definition is the ability to obtain, read, understand, and use health information gotcha. in order to make better healthcare decisions and follow treatment regimens. Gotcha. Well, and I can tell you, having gone on there and, and played with it, it, it really is for someone who admittedly is not a, a great advocate for my own health, which God bless my wife of 25 plus <laughs> years, who, who takes good care of me. but. Um, but I find that, that that's the best part about it is that it's a platform that for, for a novice like myself, it's an easy way to learn about my health um, without feeling like I've got to sit and just read paragraphs of information per se. It's, it's fun, it's interactive, um, it's educational. So I think that that platform suits well for those of us who, who aren't as comfortable with our medical uh, information as, as some are. Um, so here you're, you come from a medical background, but you have in this a very entrepreneurial um, product. Where did the entrepreneurship come? Was that something you've kind of always had or was that something that you saw the need and realized, okay, in order to make this happen, I've kind of got to be an entrepreneur. How did that kind of work for you? I guess it's a little of both. I have a little entrepreneurial spirit uh, from the beginning. Even in my early days of, of uh, education, I was always labeled as an entrepreneurial clinical pharmacist. Okay. So I was a clinician taking care of patients, but I was always labeled when people were looking for people, uh, for individuals to run an organization. A lot of people said, well, Chamberlain's the guy because he has entrepreneurial uh, spirit and also is a good clinician. Nice. So I've sort of always had that, but... The other side of it is I've always looked for ways to be innovative yeah. and swim upstream and come up with new ideas and ways to do things. And game-based learning is a good example. Yeah. People, like you were saying, you're learning through game-based learning. People say, I don't like games, but I like AdLogix games yeah. because they're simple, they're easy, and they're educational. Yeah. And you can learn something in two minutes. That's great. And along with that, did you did you also have the feel for for the business side of it or was that something where you had to go out and and find the guys where you 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 had the education side of it you had the 
medical side of it and you had that entrepreneurial spirit. Did you have the business aspect of it as well or is that something you had to go out and, and get uh, others to kind of come in and help along the way? I think I had a, a good sense of being a, a pretty good businessman, yeah. uh, but I knew uh, that I needed to bring expertise in. Yeah. So a CFO, a good strategic partner. So I've surrounded myself in all my businesses with a very um, uh, great group of individuals that have expertise, and we do that with AdLogix. People think it's Tom Chamberlain and AdLogix, but you know we've got 25 individuals and yeah. many other advisors and consultants. So over 50 people in our company, some of the best people in the country yeah. on our board of advisors. So you have to surround yourself with good people in order to, to be successful. Absolutely, and you definitely do have a, uh, a great team um, having gotten to, to be in and around you and your team and, and got to experience some of the, the talks you've given. Um, it really is impressive the, the team that you have behind you for the, for the said logics program. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the greatest challenges that you faced since getting EdLogix up and running? I mean, what, what were some of the roadblocks that you've, you've hit and how have you been able to work through some of those? So probably some of the challenges is how do you make this available for free? Talking about the community, yeah. um, there's always challenges to kind of raising capital and getting the product started. Yeah. And um, raising capital the way that I did is through angels. Okay. and through individuals rather than going into venture capital group yeah. because the things that we're doing in the community are non-revenue generating. We're building and building products and programs and services, self-funding those. Yeah. And you can only do that if you're raising capital from like-minded people yeah. that believe in you. So that's always been a challenge of raising enough capital to keep things going without a, an infusion of $20 million on a series A front, yeah. round. Yeah. So that's been one. The other the one is um, probably just being able to um, uh, make it available for free. So we had to come up with a nonprofit strategy. Okay. And I'm an entrepreneurial for-profit company, but partnering with the right nonprofit organization, a 501c3, yeah. where I just power it and I'm in the background. It truly is a hands-off. So I had to get it started. Yeah. but then step away and allow it to become a nonprofit organization gotcha. and getting all these steering committee members um, to get people that have vision and we've been fortunate in Hampton Roads to bring the best people in the community all together yeah. on a like-minded vision all working towards us. We couldn't do it without the people in the community contributing to our success. Yeah. So getting them together is probably uh, a challenge but it, that's been one of our biggest successes. Well, and I was going to ask, uh, you talk a little bit about the successes. Um, what are some of the successes that you can talk about and, and, and are real proud of to, to date with this platform? So I'd say the successes um, kind of go around um, a little bit around the challenges. We've yeah. overcome those challenges of raising capital, and we're still raising capital. That's probably one of our biggest challenges also go back to challenges and successes dealing with the, the pandemic yeah you know that hit us yeah. in a different way and it it allowed it it really propelled us into digital health which we're in mm -hmm. so we're a digital health virtual health we're dealing with COVID information and chronic conditions so uh, the challenges that we had there were raising capital in a in an environment where it's difficult to get people to put money in because yeah. they're holding on to it and there's more people going to philanthropists yeah. than ever before. So supply and demand issues. So that's been a challenge. Um, getting uh, the, you know, the naysayers, if you will, there's always going to be 
uh, people that you have to kind of swim upstream and, <laughs> and um, yep. you know, kind of, you know, go against the status quo yeah. because you got to be able to do things differently. We're changing. We're in a frictionless environment, mm. you know, a contact free environment. Howard Kern from Sentara talks, we're entering into a contact free environment, yeah. which digital health and we got so many great, really good things here with the ability to have digital with the fiber optic cable coming in yeah. and getting internet access to those, particularly those communities that are under-resourced. Mm -hmm. And that's the other challenge is going and, and really hitting the entire community, but really addressing health disparities yeah. and health inequities and the social determinants of health and trying to build a platform that meets the needs of a population that's more vulnerable and maybe has higher degree of low health literacy. Yeah, yeah And uh, we've been able to, um, do a lot of good things in that, and I could talk about that if we have time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Phil, I'd love to hear more about that because that's, I think, along with financial literacy, health literacy, I mean, there's so many things from that standpoint that um, I think are key for us as a region to continue to grow and, and be um, the region that we all want it to be uh, as we look decades down or, or even generations down. So can you talk a little bit about how that change is taking place and kind of what you see for the future of that as platforms like this continue to grow and, and provide more service to those uh, demographics? Sure. Um, taking Hampton Roads, Hampton Roads is a unique community yeah. and um, we have you know, all the different cities yeah. and the challenge of aligning all these municipalities around a common cause. Yeah. We have the unique ability, uh, Jim Spohr from reInvent Hampton Road saw early on, this platform has the ability to connect everyone yeah. real time. And that's the exciting part. Our community is being, our platform is being recognized as the ability to connect everyone and the entire community and subsets of that population. Yeah. The hardest thing right now in, in the industry is health inequities, mm. health disparities, um, the diversity, inclusion, equity issues. So yeah. our platform not only is designed to improve on health literacy, but it's really a, it's a communication platform and engagement platform that can educate on any topic. Okay. So we're starting to educate on uh, social injustice, um, on oh, diversity, wow. equity, and inclusion issues. Okay. Um, where we can go in and really look at health disparities and and I think it's good not just to educate those people in those particular communities that are under-resourced, yeah. but the entire community. The more we all understand about the issues that are, that are challenging some of the people in our community, yeah. the more we can volunteer and contribute and be aware of the challenges that these other people have. Yeah. And so we've been able to you know, bring people together, companies like LISC, Mm -hmm. and some of the relocation, the case managers that are helping in the St. Paul's revitalization yes. project. Yes. Uh, actually today and this week we were doing focus groups with the case managers oh, on okay. what does the platform need to do to meet the needs of that population. Oh, and we are pleasantly surprised that um, our platform got really high marks for oh, wow. that underserved population. So we're yeah. excited, we're gonna make changes for that. But uh, I think that we have the ability to to create Hampton Roads as being one of the most health literate regions yeah. in the nation. And I think we have the ability to build an apparatus, a public health literacy apparatus in our, in our ecosystem here that will prepare us for the next pandemic gotcha. or other issues so that we can educate real time yeah. on issues like COVID-19, but other things that are, 
that are out there, gotcha. including those like mental health and bringing resources. And the last thing I'll say is, is that our platform not only can educate, but it can, through the push of a button, bring mental health counseling or child oh, care wow. services. Okay. So we've become an aggregate, a virtual front door to the resources available, whether it be an employer oh. or whether it be a community. So they come in and they can get access to a mental health counselor. Or so it's not just an educational tool, but it's also a connector and a collaborator as well. Maybe the most important thing, wow. Jordan Asher from Sentara said, Tom, you're, you're, you're positioning it wrong by saying you're a health literacy tool because you're really <laughs> a consumer engagement yeah. and a communication tool. It happens to focus gotcha. on health literacy, but it can be anything. Gotcha. So we're kind of excited about the way we can communicate yeah. and we can post real-time messages. If Governor Northam has a, a press release this afternoon, we can have that video on our platform within the hour. Wow, okay. So, so you're reaching the different, you're finding those new ways to reach the community as you were talking about with St. Paul. Once you, the brand awareness is there, the, the, that they know that the, the tool is there to use, how are you finding different ways to get it then to them, knowing that not everyone in those communities may have access to a laptop or to a, a, a mobile cell phone, what we know is a smartphones now. So are there additional tools and resources out there that are helping those people get to the platform from that standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and one of the most uh, challenging ways is you can have a great tool and platform, but yeah. how do you get it in the hands of these people? So one is you, it, it is mobile optimized, like you were saying. Yeah. So it can be a laptop, an iPad, or anyone that has access to the internet. Yeah. But not everyone does. You know, there's some of those people, but they can sit with their case manager or they can go to their physician and the nurse can sit them down at a computer and play uh -huh. a video on how to check your blood sugars. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's instructor led and we can have, we're working with Stephanie Gorham, who, who you yes. know, yeah, yes. from the Hampton Roads uh, Volunteer mm -hmm. Network. And she has, um, we're looking at skills-based volunteerism. So there's a lot of healthcare oh. professionals, doctors, nurses, dentists, nurse practitioners that can educate the community. So we're working with the libraries. We had a meeting with Slover Library yesterday, but we have all 50 public libraries that are serving oh, wow. as, as uh, physical locations after we get through COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, but physical locations on Tuesday evening, we can have a physician coming in and talking about diabetes oh, wow. or a dentist coming in and talking about oral care. And those okay. libraries are serving as, as touch points for yeah. those homeless uh, oh, individuals wow. in under-resourced communities. They, they can use the library for access to information. Yeah. Um, we're, we're marketing it on TV, radio, billboards, and oh, wow. through these other organizations that have access through print-based materials, through the food banks. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so when the food banks, uh, we're dropping in um, promotional cards on how to get access to rewards for healthy living. Oh, that's wonderful. Through uh, all kinds of channels. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and shout out to Stephanie Gorman with Volunteer Hampton Road. She and her team do a great job. So uh, it's uh, I'm glad to hear you're working with them. Um, so what do you see for the future of EdLogix? I mean, obviously, um, in the short term, the hope is obviously to get this out to as many people within the Hampton Roads community as possible, both those of us who have traditional uh, access and those that are underserved. But as we get to those points, where what do you see as kind of that next step for EdLogix? 
So as we expand into the community, and that involves employers, many of the yeah. employers like the Port of Virginia and Town Bank and All First use our platform as a health benefit. Okay. So employers are important and they have access to a lot of people, but those that don't have an employer that sponsors, um, it's free to the community. But the, the data that we're collecting, and we don't sell any data, but we're able to identify what are the individuals going to what are they wanting to learn uh, the most so okay. we have tremendous data that's not available to anyone else so that we can design educational programs it's a market research tool we poll them we ask them what are their biggest needs and challenges gotcha. so we have the ability to take this data and and do some amazing things with it and we're building a model so the future of what we're doing with healthier 757 we own HealthierCincinnati.org and HealthierCharlotte.org ah, and okay. Chicago and Los Angeles and a number of cities, but we want to go into Richmond, so HealthierRVA.org. Yeah. So we're building a model that we can replicate in other cities oh, wow. and partnering with organizations that have the financial capacity and the vision to allow us to expand our reach gotcha. and expand our capabilities. So that's kind of the future is getting organizations to partner with us so we can bring it out to other cities okay. and really make it the Commonwealth of Virginia the most healthier, the most health literate state in the, uh, in the union. Is there any other information that you can pass along? And I also wanted to make sure that uh, we reiterate um, how to connect with you, how to connect with um, the different platforms so that for those that are interested in going and learning a little bit more um, I just want to make sure we, we get that information out to them so they can follow up. Sure. Um, I, um, before I go there, let me just yeah. add a couple of things yeah, where absolutely. we're going. Um, K through 12, you know, so yes. we're in secondary schools. We're working with uh, some of the Virginia Beach school systems, Norfolk Academy. Okay. So we, we think that health literacy begins in the youth. Yes. And so we're really migrating towards that. Right now, we're, our platform is great for freshmen and up. Okay. But uh, even using it for health, uh, for their health education in the eighth graders. Um, ah. So, but eventually our game-based platform can be modified to do K through 12. Oh, and wow. really looking at areas that are really important, uh, you know, cancer is high in this community. So we can target, pro, you know, prostate cancer and African-Americans. Gotcha. So really okay. educating and working with the, can the Centera Brock Cancer Center. Yeah. Getting information out, you know, so that they're not coming in with stage four cancers. So that's okay. really important, and, yeah. and we can only do that through philanthropy. My yeah. strategy was build it, and they will come, you know, and, <laughs> and so I talked to a lot of philanthropists that I'm not asking for philanthropy money. We're going to invest in it, yeah. build a model, show you the data, show it's working, fund it myself, and then go to the philanthropist. So, gotcha. so that's kind of one of the areas, and the way that we, we do that is healthier757.org okay. is, is a site that they can go and learn more about that. Gotcha. Uh, from an EdLogic standpoint, on a commercial side, and again, we're powering the back end of the nonprofit strategy. Yeah. But uh, on the commercial side, EdLogics.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Okay. And really learn more about how our games are being used to educate and change behavior. Perfect. At the end of the day, we're trying to change behavior and get people to do the right things to bring healthcare cost and improve the quality of their life. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate all you're doing and all your team's been doing. Um, I, I think it's, a, it's an incredibly valuable thing. And kind of to your point with the education, with the K through 12, it reminds me a lot of where this community was with financial literacy a decade ago. 
and that once we got it into the schools and, and we gave the students the platforms and the resources to do that and, and the, the community saw the value in it, it, it became something that we realized needed to be not just a one-off, but something that was addressed in a, in a formal manner through classes, through, through programs um, that has carried them through. And I think hopefully we'll see that same kind of uh, uh, growth with the uh, health literacy as we move through it too. So um, I, I greatly appreciate the effort that you've put into that. And, and I look forward to looking back in a decade and see where we are with, with that progress. Well, it's, it's a really uh, an honor to be able to do this. And if I could just thank the people that are involved in this, our Absolutely. steering committee. Please do. Um, this started actually, the community thing started with the city of Virginia Beach. Okay. And, um, you know, back with the mayors and the, and the, uh, the, the people in the community. And that's what yeah. we're, we're trying to take the city of Virginia Beach is one of the best places to live, right? Yeah. And so yeah. Virginia Beach, one of the best places to live, one of the healthiest cities. We want to say we're one of the most health literate cities and not only the city of Virginia Beach, we're, which is the tip of the spear, the largest city in the state, yeah. but um, really the whole region, Hampton Roads. Yep. And then being able to connect uh, the mega region, you know, with, with health, uh, 757 Connects. Yeah. So just expanding that, but it's an opportunity to really be recognized because health literacy is a, is a requirement to economic prosperity. Yeah. You can't have economic prosperity without a smarter, healthier region and a better workforce. Yeah. Organizations will move to places and they're starting to look at health literacy as a, a key requirement and checklist if they're gonna move into a region like when Amazon was moving into uh, looking at, at places, they were looking at health literacy. Okay. We want Hampton Roads to be one of the most health literate regions to attract businesses and keep businesses here yeah. and keep our talent pool here. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely, wonderful. Well, thank you again. I, I can't thank you enough and, and appreciate you joining us on the show and helping us uh, uh, wrap up the, the season. And uh, my best to you and your team and, and a happy new year to you guys. Great, Merry Christmas and happy new year to you and your, your great staff at Hampton Roads Chamber. You thank guys you. have been outstanding. So thank you. thanks and uh, appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit of our vision. Absolutely, thanks.